Hello, welcome to Off Curve. I'm Wicked Good, and I'm talking to you about Hearthstone as I am driving home from work. It is Wednesday, May 22nd, 2019. Didn't you just have a show, Steve? You may may be asking. Yes. Yes, I did. However, (laughs) the, the Hearthstone team has decided to drop two major pieces of news one day after each other, and my... Uh, my plan, my master plan of doing an emergency episode the night that news breaks got foiled by this change in strategy. So uh, we're back, and you know I'm gonna I'm gonna ditch with the latter present pleasantries because honestly I haven't had that much time to play uh, between when I recorded last and now, and not much has super changed uh, except for the nerfs have gone live this afternoon. But I really haven't had it much of a chance to uh, to try them out just because I've been at work. So, you know, my, my ladder is pretty much where it was, but I guess we should probably just kind of get right into it and talk about these buffs that they announced. So we got an announcement yesterday and, and people were asking me for an emergency episode yesterday. And I, I honestly didn't even, I, I was so overwhelmed yesterday. I really, from not just from that, from, from other stuff too, that I really couldn't get my head around it. And I felt like I needed a day to kind of digest these changes because the the reaction I was having was not the same as everybody else and and it still isn't and and we're going to talk about that and and why I'm not as high on this as everybody else quite frankly um now I'm I'm going to preface this and and I kind of touched on this in the last episode and I'm just going to be perfectly upfront with all of you because you know we're family here and I want to be upfront that I, you know, I, and I think it's important to talk about like mental health things in general. I've been dealing with some pretty severe burnout, like the last two weeks, not from the show, like not, not from the show, from, from other stuff and, and not from Hearthstone really, um, just kind of, you know, work stuff. And so I've noticed in me when that tends to happen, I tend to get more negative, um, than I normally do, which is a lot of the reason that I didn't record this yesterday because I knew that that was going on and I didn't want it to be a hot take where I'm just completely reacting to it, you know, knowing that I'm not in a state where I could really be objective. So I've, you know, that's why I decided to take the day and, and kind of think about this. And, and I'm still not high on these changes. I got to say, and, and now The problem that I have with buffs, and I know a lot of people talk about card buffs, and we'll talk about this in general, and then I want to talk about the specifics, and and, because this is not an across-the-board thing. I think there are some that might be impactful, but I'm not sure that this is necessarily the impactful that we want, but we'll get there. Um, The problem with buffs, right, is that it's a lot harder to make an impact with you're effectively releasing 20 new cards into the into the set and we've seen what happens with this before like this is the reason that we don't do that that the team has not done adventures right because they're relying on this small set of cards to make an impact in the meta because if you're not then what's the point right so you want those cards to get played and you want those cards to be impactful but you only have a small number of them. So you end up swinging for the fences a lot of the time, or you, you end up making something that is of the power level that you would normally want, 
but 20 cars aren't really going to move the meta that much one way or the other. Now, again, we've seen this with Archmage Vargoth, you know, and we've seen this with, with Marin the Fox too. One of them had, one of them just, just amplified things, right? It was like putting salt on a dish. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't necessarily make, make its own flavor. It just amplifies the flavor that's there. Um, and if you get too much of it, then you get sick, right? <laughs> uh, Marin the Fox was basically just like a meme card, and it really didn't have any effect. People tried it, and then it really just didn't matter. So, I'm... I worry with the changes that we're getting. First of all, I don't like the fact that we're getting this two weeks after nerfs. Like, I, I, I get that this was a planned thing. And that the nerfs maybe weren't planned, but then I don't understand why two more weeks of this of the meta that we had would have made that much of a difference. Like, I, why don't we just get all the changes all at once and then adapt to a completely new meta at the end, at, you know, at the beginning of a new month? It seems perfect. I, I don't super get why we're getting a two-week meta. Like, especially for someone like me who's a tryhard, right? Like, you spend that time, you have a limited amount of time that is available to learn the meta and learn the decks and then all of a sudden everything changes now how much things will change well, well i don't know but it's still going to be different right and this also kind of flies in the face of like if you've listened to me and ridiculous hat talk about rotation and, and how to keep metas fresh like we've both advocated at different times like a one in one out rotation schedule and Whenever I bring this up on Twitter or whatever, the response is, well, this is going to be complicated for the casual players because they're going to wake up and, you know, a bunch of their cards are going to be gone. And that's that's an exit point for casual players. I would argue that something like this is just as much of an exit point for casual players because... And I'm going to go back to a couple of my experiences in other games, predominantly Eternal where this has happened and it's honestly turned me off from the game because I can't keep up with the meta when it's, when things are changing that quickly. And all of a sudden a deck that I finally got all the cards dusted to build doesn't work as well anymore because of some, something like that that's changed. Um, and, and if that happens, to, it's fine when it's happening in response to balance, right? Like something like the nerfs that we're getting today those are good, and those those I think those should happen. When you start changing cards too often, then it gets hard for you to get your footing as somebody as somebody who is less of a tryhard than I am in this game. And it does become an exit point because, it's like, well, I don't even know what to play anymore. I'm just not going to play anything. It's as much of a problem there. So I don't understand why it's okay to, you know, have this many changes to cards in rapid succession, but it's not okay to rotate out 130 cards to rotating in cards. But that's beside the point. I, I do think that these changes are either going to make minimal impact, ultimately, or there's going to be one or two of them that are going to make a really, really big impact. And they're going to, um, you know, and, and it's go it could warp the meta in a way that we're not anticipating and may not be pleasant. I, again, I'm being a little bit apocalyptic. I've been upfront with what my mental state is right now, but that was kind of my reaction. I had a bad taste in my mouth from reading this, and I really, I still, even before the the priest OTK that again we'll talk about, I had just kind of like my spidey sense was tingling about this, and I can't seem to shake it. And I just feel like this is something that they do have to try. 
because people have been asking for it for so long that they need to try it. And I, but I do wonder if this is not exactly what people are going to be wanting at the end of the day. Anyway, that said, that's enough kind of doom, doomsayering. <laughs> let's let, let doomsayer was not a car that got buffed, but let's talk about these individual changes and, and think about what they might mean. So first of all, we're all getting a new legendary. Um, this is a card that apparently was considered and then was cut from the original Boomsday Project set, which is called Snip Snap, which is a three mana two three with magnetic and echo death rattle summon two one one microbots. So it's kind of like Harvest Golem, a little bit. Harvest Golem is a three mana two three that drops a one two. This is a three mana two three that drops two one ones. Uh, the difference is that this has echo, so that you can continue to play this. Uh, multiple times and make a really big mech if you want to. This is obviously going to be a buff to any warrior deck that's running Dr. Boom, which is to say any warrior deck. Um, there's been a lot that's been made immediately about a potential Priest OTK because you can play Reckless Experimenter, which is a 5 mana 4-6 that says the death rattles, death rattles you play um, cost 3 less and then die at the end of the turn. So, theoretically, you can stick a, stick a, uh, a mech. Cor- uh, Coppertail Imposter is the 4-4 that gets stealth for the turn that you... Um, on the turn that you play it to be able to get a mech that sticks. And then you could just play Reckless Experimenter and then continue to magnetize infinite mechs onto the one that's left and then just kill your opponent from whatever life total they have as long as you have enough time to play it, Right. Um, I, I think there's a little bit too much being made of that, to be honest. I, it seems really slow. Priest doesn't really have a great way to tutor those cards out, and, and Snipstap is a legendary. Uh, I guess you could use De- you could use De- some combination of Dead Ringer and, and Witchwood Piper, but I, I don't know. It's, it seems like it's kind of gimmicky. Um, I think this is probably a fair card, all, all things considered. Like, you can add, like, four, six worth of stats and drop a bunch of microbots after after it dies, and, you know, there is some downside there. If you do it too many times, and then it dies, then you have a full board. Well, I guess you would never really have a full board. Well, I guess you could if it's not, if there's an odd number of mechs on the board or whatever. Um, but you'd have a full board, and then you have to kill those off in order to make room to play something else. It's, I, I think this is fine. I'm, I, I think it's a nice thing for them to give everybody golden legendary, especially for players who don't have one. I, I really think the, the Priest OTK is a little bit overblown. I, I don't... That's the kind of deck that feels like it's just going to die before that happens. It, it This reminds me a lot of when One Night in Karazhan got released and everybody was worried about Menagerie Warden, which was, I forget what it cost, but it would give, it would make a copy of a, of a beast that you had on the board. So you were going to be able to play Stranglethorn Tiger and then make, and then let it sit because it had stealth and then make a copy of it and then hit your opponent in the face with the first one. And then you'd have like this insurmountable board lead and this is what we were worried about three years ago before death knights <laughs> this is this is what qualified as like an o- an overpowered turn and you know it turned out it never really came to be that deck was really awkward to, to pull off and if you didn't draw those things in that order then it just it just didn't work right so i i feel like this is the same thing i think this is fine i don't think i i think if you're panicking about snip sap i think you can probably you know put away the end is near signs um, I think it's a fine card. It'll probably see play in warrior decks. It'll probably, I mean, it'll come out of Dr. Boom. I don't know that Mech Priest is necessarily going to be the end of Hearthstone as we know it. But, you know, I mean, if it is, at least that means I get to play Priest, right? All right, so let's talk about some of these individual 
car choice car changes and you know again these are kind of a mixed bag some of them are more likely to be impactful than others some of them could be good some of them could be problematic uh, you know it's kind of hard to it's hard to say with some of them but some of them you know, I, I can see where they could be going and some of them just don't really seem like the, what we want but anyway let's let's get into it so the druid cards gloops gloop sprayer is which is an eight mana four four that says battle cry summon a copy of each adjacent minion is going down to seven mana and mulch muncher which is a 10 mana 8 8 with rush costs one less for each uh friendly treant that died this game is going down to nine mana so i i just don't see the point of either of these changes to be honest like seven mana is is less than eight mana like the number is smaller but i mean for what gloop sprayer is asking you it's not really the mana cost i mean to some extent it is but it's also having two minions on board that you want to copy, which is extremely difficult, especially in a world with, uh, you know, Warrior having Rush and all their minions. Like, the only place that I really see this played is in, like, a Heal Druid where you're copying Lucent Barks. And at that point, you don't really super care about 8-mana or 7-mana because Lucent Bark costs 8-mana to begin with anyway. Uh, I don't know that this is really going to make that much of a, of a difference for Gloop Sprayer. Mulch Muncher is a little bit more interesting, not because of the card itself. Like, I don't think that, like, you're already playing token druids with plenty of trance, and this doesn't see play. I don't see why this would change, because ultimately, just like a big rusher, like, you could play Sea Giant. It doesn't have rush, but it doesn't really matter. Like, you could play Sea Giant much more, much more easily than you can Mulch Muncher, and that's not seeing play in those decks either, because that's not how it wins. And the decks that have a lot of treants, like, the tree speaker builds are not good. Making this come out one one treant less really doesn't matter when you're generating treants like in bunches of three and four and five. Like, I don't think that one treant really makes a super big difference. Where this is going to make a difference is actually a stealth nerf to uh, to Cyclone Mage. And the reason is that you when you uh have to conjure's calling a sea giant that costs 10 mana and you don't have any taunts that are that cost 10 mana but you can sometimes get mulch muncher which has rush and at least can like trade off an opposing minion and now that's actually going to be removed from the pool so the 10 mana uh the 10 mana minions that you have are actually going to get pretty significantly worse I mean, you can get Caligos. Caligos doesn't really do much that turn because you've already played a spell. Um, you know, Big Bad Archmage is okay if it finds you a taunt, but that's a pretty low roll too. And you can get other Sea Giants or whatever, but not being able to have that rush in the pool is actually kind of a big deal. And I don't think that this was the intention, but that is actually going to be a little bit of a nerf, and it's something that you should be aware of. Uh, if you're going to be playing Cyclone Mage after the nerf, because that is something that you do sometimes, is you do just Conjurer's Calling a, a Sea Giant and try to get a Mulch Muncher in dire situations, and that's not going to be open to you anymore. I do wonder if that was thought about when these changes were made, but, you know, it, it, it's neither here nor there. That's just kind of the reality that we're going to be working in. So the Hunter cards that are changing is Necromechanic was a 5-mana 3-6 that says your death rattles trigger twice, which is going to 
format it instead. And Flark's Bloom, Flark's Boom Zooka. Gosh, that's still hard to say. Flark's Boom Zooka is an eight mana spell that's a legendary spell that says summon three minions from your deck. They attack enemy minions and die. It's going to seven mana. Uh, let's take Boom Zooka first because I think that's pretty straightforward. Like I don't think the mana cost with this spell is the issue. It's the fact that you're you're removing three minions from your deck, and if they are not the right minions that do something after they die that have a powerful death rattle, then you've basically just stripped three minions out of your deck. And you really have to... You don't know what minions are going to come out and where they're going to attack, and it's generally very, very inconsistent. I don't think the mana cost really makes that much of a difference with this. I don't think making it seven mana is suddenly going to make Boomzooka playable. I've seen... I've tried to make it work. I've seen Doohan try to make it work. He's done it with Knuckles and Wild, and that's pretty much the only use case. And even then, you have to, like, Dire Frenzy in a million copies of Knuckles in order to make that even viable. And I've tried to play that deck, and it very very rarely works out the way that you would want it to. Um, I, I, I would like for Bloomzooka to work. I like that card. I think it's fun, but I, I don't think that making it one mana cheaper is going to solve any of its issues. Uh, Necromechanic is interesting, and, and going from five mana to four mana may, may legitimately be enough. Like, a four mana three six is fine. That's, that's the same stats as Howmaster Shaw. It does demand removal, and it is a little bit harder to remove on four mana than five mana. Just because your opponent's going to have fewer options available to it. And they'll probably have less developed on board. So, I mean, if a, a Death Rattle Hunter, like an Oblivitron Hunter, becomes meta-relevant, then this could be the little piece of juice that it needs to get a little bit stronger. I could see that happening in a world now where you maybe have another turn or two to be able to to get set up and, and to get that kind of value. Have that value from, like... Mechanical whelps into nine lives matter, then you know, being able to trigger those death rattles twice. And I do wonder, I, I don't know if anybody's actually tried it or not. I do wonder if the things like, um, I think they do, like things like fireworks tech and nine lives, like if they trigger the battle cry, the death rattle twice as well. If that's the case, that's pretty significant because you can just go on seven mana, you can go. Uh, necromechanic into nine lives. And that's pretty significant too. Then you don't even have to stick a minion on the board. And that, that's a little bit easier to swallow than an eight mana. Be, especially because that's curving right from mechanical wealth. So necromechanic might need some tr might need some testing. That's one of the one of the buffs that may be relevant. Uh, I, I don't know, because it, it just still still seems like it's another card that's a little bit awkward, but it, it seems like one of the more promising buffs in this set. Okay, so Mage is next, and first is Unexpected Results, which is uh, summon uh, two two-cost minions, and which is improved by spell damage. The spell damage piece very rarely matters, because it, there's just not enough spell damage in, in the meta right now. There hasn't been. Um, but going from four mana to three mana is not really relevant in terms of you being able to put this in your deck. Uh, but it is relevant in the fact that Cyclone Mage runs Magic Trick, and Magic Trick says... Uh, you know, discover a spell that costs three or less, and unexpected results is going to be one of those spells. Now, if unexpected results is actually useful, that's a good thing. If not, that means that it's another stealth buff to Cyclone Mage, because one of the things that you can get out of Magic Trick is another copy of, of Conjurer's Calling, and introducing another three-cost spell into that pool is going to reduce the odds of you being able to get that. 
So again, another another change by way of these buffs. It's actually a stealth nerf, uh, and, and it's a fairly significant one. You get Conjurer's Calling off of Magic Trick a fair amount of the time. So having a less of an opportunity to get that, it's actually kind of a big deal. Um, the other card that's changing for Mage is Luna's Pocket Galaxy, which is which uh, is a legendary spell that says change the cost of all of your minions to one. And that's going from seven mana to five mana. Now this is this is legitimately a big deal. And if you listen to the card reviews that Andrew and I did when the Boomstay project came out, I, I was really far down on this card. And which of course meant that I got it as a golden legendary, because that's how things work. And the reason is that is two things. One, it's seven mana do nothing. At which point, if you're able to play seven pay seven mana to do nothing, because nothing happens on the turn that you do it. It's all potential energy and you have to actually draw those cards to make use of the, of the, the mana change. Then you're probably winning that game anyway, right? Like if you have a seven mana turn as a mage where you can just do nothing, then you're probably fine. You don't need that card to win. Um, it also affects when you can play the card. And this is important when you're dealing with things that affect your deck, because when you're on, when you're playing a seven mana card, that means that you've drawn a third of your deck by the time you get to play it. Now, what this means is if you can play it on curve, first of all, playing it on curve on five is a lot less disastrous than playing it on curve on seven. It's a, it's less win more in that regard. It's still kind of win more, but it's, it's less win more. And it also means that there's two more cards that can get buffed. Um, you know, you're going to be able to play it earlier, which means that you, you can get more value out of it. Now, is it worth putting in your deck? Probably not. I tried it in Cyclone Mage as a tech against warrior. It worked okay, mainly just because it made all the giants free, which is really only relevant against warrior because against everyone else, they're probably free anyway. It's only when you're playing against a grindy warrior deck that you need to get them to be free because you've probably gone so long in the game that you get to the point where the giants can't really be played anymore. Um, so in Specialist, it's probably a little bit more relevant. In, in Ladder, I still don't know that you're going to want to play this. Like, it's still effectively five mana do nothing. You'll be able to do nothing earlier. Um, that's something. <laughs> but, uh, you know, generally you don't need it, right? Like, it doesn't make that much of a difference, even when you get to play it. Like, unless you're playing... You can't build around the legendary spell because there's no way to tutor it out. And so if you're trying to do some sort of Maligos sh Mage shenanigans... Like, there are just going to be games where Pocket Galaxy is the 30th card in your deck, or your Pocket Galaxy is just one card below Maligos or Antonitis or whatever you're using to activate it. So you can't really build, like, an OTK around it because it's just too inconsistent. And, you know, if, it, if you're not building an OTK around it, is it worth playing? Probably not. It's been, it's been okay when I've played it. Uh, you'll, you know, you'll get it off of random effects sometimes, and that'll be relevant. But I still don't know that you're going to be putting this into a deck on purpose outside of like a specialist tech card. So Paladin gets uh, Christology, which is a two mana spell that draws two one attack minions from your deck going from two to one. I don't understand why this needed to be buffed in, at all. Like this card was fine. This card was play, was being played in every Paladin deck practically. So I don't understand why this needed to be buffed. This, this card wasn't getting played because Paladin as a class wasn't good. So I'm not quite sure why we needed to buff Christology. I mean, it's going to be really good at one mana. It was very good at two mana. So it's going to be fantastic at one mana. You're probably going to play it all the time. But I don't think that it 
makes that car much better unless we're making Paladin as a class better, which we might be by toning down Rogue. Like, I could see Mech Paladin becoming a thing again, and then Paladin's all of a sudden relevant. Like, Holy Wrath Paladin and Mech Paladin were almost there anyway before the nerfs. But I don't really see Christology needing to go to one mana to make that possible. Um, Glowstone Trick Technician is the other card that got changed. It went from six a six mana three four that gives all minions in your hand plus two plus two to five mana three four. Uh, that that may make this a little bit more palatable. There was a deck that Satellite was playing, excuse me, that was effectively a a faster Mech Paladin. It was using Glowstone Technician along with things like Call to Adventure and whatever to buff the minions and just get a lot of big big buffed minions and then magnetize them together and hit your opponent in the face and you know being able to do that for one mana less uh like that card was good when you were able to get it out it was just very awkward to play i still don't know that a five mana three four is going to be much better than a six mana three four but it's a little bit better and again it was good in that deck in the right circumstances so maybe if those circumstances are just a little bit more frequent then that could be a card that's going to be worth including in some decks going forward. Assuming that they can do things like tutor out a lot of minions out of the deck with things like Christology and Prismatic Lens and um, Call to Adventure and then be able to buff them all up. That might be a legitimate strategy going forward and not just kind of a fringe deck. And then we get to Priest. And as usual, I'm disappointed. (laughs) So Extra Arms is going from 3 mana to 2 mana. Extra Arms is a 3 mana spell that says give a minion plus 2 plus 2, add more arms to your hand that gets plus 2 plus 2. It's effectively give a, mana, give a minion plus 2 plus 2 with twin spell. Uh, it, before we had twin spell as a keyword. And, okay. I mean, it's not, even in like the, the buff decks, like the Inner Fire, Divine Spirit decks, it's never really been that great. Uh, plus 2 plus 2 even for 2 mana is fine, it's half of a Blessing of Kings. I guess it's a whole Blessing of Kings if you play them both in the same turn now, because both halves of it get the get the mana reduction. Um, so Blessing of Kings is good, maybe this is good too, but that's not generally what Priest is trying to do a lot of the time. It's usually looking to buff up the toughness so that it can interfire and then, and then kill your opponent in the face. So, I, I don't I generally, I'm I'm the kind of priest player that doesn't like the whole buff buff a big minion strategy anyway. So whenever I see extra arms getting touched, I'm like, eh, whatever. But maybe this is a little bit better. But I, I just don't see what deck it's going to go in. Even like the like like a Nomi priest, it doesn't really need a two mana spell. It needs like one one zero mana spells. Though maybe there's something with that whole test subject synergy that they were trying to push when Boomstay Project first came around. That maybe extra arms kind of and Zarek Master Cloner kind of just need that little boost in the arm. But, I mean, Zarek Master Cloner is just bad in general. So I'm not super optimistic about that being a, a new deck that's going to come out. I, I've been wrong, and I could be very wrong on this. But And then Cloning Gallery, not Cloning Gallery, Cloning uh, cloning Device is was a two-mana spell that said, discover a copy of a minion in your opponent's deck. It's going to one mana. It's still bad at one mana. Like, again, the cost is not the problem with this card. The problem with this card is that you really don't want a minion from your opponent's deck. You want a minion from your deck if you're getting a copy of a minion. Like, a, a copy of a minion from your opponent's deck is generally not something that's going to be good for you because all these decks are very synergistic and, you know, a random minion from your opponent's deck is not great. And it doesn't even really give you a lot of information like Madame Lazul would 
in terms of like what's in their hand it's a much smaller pool to choose from it's like well these three minions are in the deck if it's not a legendary it doesn't really tell you anything um, so I, I don't really see cloning device being affected by this I mean you might get it out of some random effects and maybe that's fine and it's cost one less there and wild when you get that out of Lyra then you can get it out of your hand a little bit more easily but you know that's not really a ringing endorsement now is it Okay, and then we get to Rogue. Uh, I'll take the, the simpler one first, which is Violet Haze. It's a three-mana spell that adds two random death rattle minions to your hand. It's going to two mana. Fine. Like, you're not... Generally, there's not a whole lot of strategies that revolve around just getting random death rattle minions. At best, you want to discover it. Like, Myra Rotspring will discover a minion, get its death rattle, give you another copy of it, and that's not good enough to see play. I don't think that, you know, just getting two more death rattle minions is really what you're going to want, unless you're, like, in a Burgle War with another Rogue, then maybe it'll be a little bit better, but, you know, you're not going to put that in your deck anyway. It's The, it's, the cost is not going to make that more attractive, basically. Um, Pogo Hopper is going from 2 mana to 1 mana, so to Pogo Hopper is a 1-1 one, one that says Battlecry game plus 2 plus 2 for each other Pogo Hopper you played this game. I don't think this makes a difference. Like, by the time you get to play a whole bunch of Pogo Hoppers, you're generally not filling your hand with them. And you're like there is you're generally on ten mana anyway. By the time you're going off with pogo hoppers, I mean sometimes you have things things where you're shadow stepping. But if you're shadow stepping it, it doesn't matter because it's going to be zero anyway. And generally, when you're going off with pogo hoppers, is when you have ten mana, and then you have like board space considerations where like maybe this lets you play this lets you play seven instead of five. But like does that matter at that point? Like, if they're all, like, 9, 9, 11, 11, 13, 13, like, who cares if you're getting five of them or seven? It doesn't really matter. It's win more. I, I hope I'm right about this, because Pogo Hopper is by far one of the most obnoxious decks to play against when it works, and it's just not been good. But I don't think the cost of Pogo Hopper really matters. Like, one to two for a card that's that late game really just does not make that much of a difference. And again, it's it's all the stuff that you have to do to get the extra pogo hoppers and get them out and then bounce them and then get draw them from your deck if you're using Togwaggle scheme or whatever. Like that that the problem with it is that you don't have Elven Minstrel anymore. And so getting specific minions out of your deck is not as easy as it used to be. And so you need to not die while you're drawing all your pogo hoppers and all the stuff to bounce them. Um I don't think making it two mana to one mana is going to make that much of a difference. And, and geez, I hope I'm right. <laughs> so Shaman, uh, the Stormbringer is go is a, a legendary spell that says, uh, transform all your minions into random legendary minions. That's going from seven mana to six mana. Like, again, you need to have a full board, have it live and then be able to Stormbringer. Like this will make it a little bit easier to do that on the same turn, but how many minions are you playing on that turn? If you still have six mana left over it's probably not going to be that big of a board anyway and if you can stick a whole board of, of minions then bloodlust is just better because bloodlust just kills them so again this is something you're going to get from hagatha it's going to be a little bit easier to play off of hagatha i don't envision this being played in your deck except possibly in wild and even shaman that's one possibility but even then i think you have so much value you don't really need to do that anyway and then, um, and then Thunderhead, which is a four mana three five elemental, that says after you play a card with Overload, uh, 
play two one one sparks with Rush. He's going from a three five to a three six. Again, Thunderhead Thunderhead didn't really need help. Like, the problem has not been Thunderhead. The problem has been Shaman. So I don't think that this really needed the buff. I mean, it's already a good card. It'll probably see play because it should have been seeing play anyway. The problem is just you can only run so many overload cards in your deck without really a way to unlock the crystals. And, you know, once you start playing too many overload cards without a way to recover from the overload, then that just doesn't work. And But making that a little stickier, maybe that'll make it a little bit better. I don't know. I mean, five, mana, five health to six health is not a huge break point. Like, there's not a lot of things that can do six mana, six damage that can't do five damage. But making that a little bit tougher, okay. I mean, I think that it's just, Shaman just needs to be better for that card to be played. I don't think the card itself has anything wrong with it. So Warlock has Spirit Bomb, which is a uh, two mana spell that does four damage to a minion and then uh, deals four damage to your to your hero. Is going from two mana to one mana. Um, I don't, again, I don't see this making that much of a difference because the problem is not the mana cost. The problem is that you also have Soul Fire at one mana that does the same amount of damage except that it discards, a, it sometimes has zero downside because sometimes you have an empty hand and it also can go face, which Spirit Bob can't. So, you know, the only time that I even really saw this played was like an even lock. And even then, that fell out of favor very quickly. And I don't think that having it be one mana is really going to make that much of a difference because you can just play Soulfire. Unless you really need, like, multiple spells, like if we're doing some sort of a Mali block. But even then, this doesn't go face. So it's not going to make that much of a difference. Uh, Dr. Morrigan is an 8-mana 5-5 five, five that when it dies, it shuffles another... It, it, it shuffles itself into your deck and, and summons another minion from your deck. Going from 8-mana to 6-mana... This could be interesting, because Dr. Morgan is, is a decent minion that can have some implications. Um, you know, you need a slower Warlock deck to work, which hasn't been happening right now. But even when slower Warlock decks have been good, Do Dr. Morgan hasn't. Um, this could be very interesting in terms of if it's a 6-mana 5-5. Five, five, you may just play that, right? Like, a 6-mana 5-5 five, five with upside, that's like Sylvanas, right? Like, this is not Sylvanas. But that's the kind of stat line that Sylvanas has. So it might be worth taking a chance on Dr. Morrigan when you have an extra slot in your Warlock deck just to be able to get the opportunity to get, like, you know, a big taunt or whatever or get, like, a batter head. Or I don't know what, what exactly you're, you're summoning out with it, but it seems like it might be worth experimenting with because the, the, the downside is now much lower. Like, a 6-mana 5-5 five, five, and 8-mana 5-5, five, five, even if they're just vanilla minions, like, a 6-mana 5-5 five, five is slightly overcosted, and 8-mana 5-5 five, five is way overcosted. So I could see some people experimenting with this. It's just going to be a matter of if a slow Warlock deck can thrive in this meta, which will determine if it actually gets to see play or not. And finally, we get to Warrior. And Warrior has a couple of cards that don't see play in decks, but do see a fair amount of play because Dr. Boom Mad Genius is a card. So these are both mechs. Security Rover is a 6-mana 2-5 whenever this minion takes damage. Summon a 2-3 mech with Taunt. It's going from 2-5 to 2-6. Um, this is relevant as opposed to the Thunderhead change because it, you know, summons another minion every time it takes damage. So giving it more hits that it can soak up means that it will summon more 2-3s. And those 2-3s have Rush when Dr. Boom is on the board. I really, I don't get this. Like... I don't think this card needs to be better because it's not getting played in decks, fine. It's not going to anyway, 
But you get it out of Dr. Boom Plenty and it's great there and it's already a pain to deal with. And now you're making it even harder to deal with when we're not addressing Dr. Boom as a whole. So I think this is going to be a buff to Warrior, but just not, it's, it's not going to have this card see play in any decks any more than, than that. And Brilliant Nullifier is a seven mana magnetic mech um, that can't be targeted by spells or hero powers, which was a 3 8 and it's going up to a 4 8. Um, Brilliant, Brilliant Nullifier is a fine card. It's just. The seven mana is really the thing that's holding it back. I don't really think that the that the attack is particularly relevant in terms of the decision to put it in a deck or not. But this does mean that you're gonna have you're gonna be doing that much more damage when you get it out of a Doctor Boom, and you're hitting people in the face with it that can't be targeted. I, I don't again the can't be targeted is the thing that's good about this card, not the attack really, because it's magnetic, and I don't I don't see this change making people put this in your deck. It's just going to make playing against Dr. Boom, like, that much more annoying. So I'm not... Again, I, I'm not a game designer, but I've, I've played with these cards enough to know what they feel like. And these warrior changes just really baffle me, because, like, what... And I get, like, all the cards are mechs, whatever. Like, there's not really a whole lot of cards that aren't good for warrior in the Boomstay Project, and they're trying to be equal across the board, but these two, like, the, you see them enough as it is... I'm not sure that they really needed to be buffed. They were fine as they are. They just aren't really good enough to play in decks regardless because, like, we're not making a tempo mech warrior. Maybe that's the goal. Maybe that's what we think we're going to be doing with, with these changes, but I, don't, I just don't see a tempo mech warrior working out. We've, we've been trying that for a long time with, uh, you know, a pretty good set of tools, even better tools than we have now. Maybe in another set these will be that'll be an option, but I'm just... I'm not seeing it, but, you know, again... Hopefully this is not, this is what, this, these changes in particular are what made me worried when I was looking at them, because it's like, why are we buffing warrior mechs? Warrior mechs are good enough as they are, unless this means that the Dr. Boom nerf is a hundred percent coming and this is what they're going to do to justify it. I don't know. I mean, it feels like they're putting their thumb on the scale if that's the case. Um, you know, these are, these are definitely going to make these mechs better. I don't think they make them any more likely to be indexed, but they're going to be that much more annoying when you get them out of Dr. Boom. All right, so I think that's all of it. Um, you know, again, I, I, like I said, I'm salty. I'm dealing with stuff. I could be a little bit more negative than, us- than, than I normally am about these kinds of changes. But I just feel like these, you know, these changes are underwhelming, except for the ones that are really super not underwhelming, which is generally how buffs go. Because, like, a nerf, you can target a specific deck and bring its power level down, right? With a buff, you're just trying to make something a little bit more enticing, and sometimes you really overshoot when you're trying to do that. And I f- I'm worried about the warrior changes that they did overshoot. But I guess we'll, we'll see. But I, I think overall, a lot of these changes are fairly innocuous. Um, I don't think they're really going to have the effect that are intended. There's a couple of them that are going to be interesting to play around with. Like I said, Necro, uh, Necro Mechanic could be interesting. Lunas Pocket Galaxy will be interesting. Glowstone Technician might be interesting to play around with too. And, there's, and Dr. Morgan will be will be uh, interesting to see how that works at six mana. I think that might be a, a pretty good change. But again, I think a lot of these are kind of are are kind of not really going to uh, have the effect that we want. They may have an effect, but maybe not the effect that we want. But we'll see. Hopefully, I'm wrong. Hopefully, this is a whole fresh new thing, and then this is a nice thing that they can do going forward. But I I get the feeling that all the folks that have been asking for buffs are going to be getting what they wished for, and I don't think that it's going to be exactly what anybody wanted. 
anyway, with that, <laughs> those are rainbows and sunshine. Um, that's going to do it for me. I don't even want to say for this week because it's the second episode this week, but um, you can uh, make sure to uh, find the link to that announcement and all, you know anything else that I mentioned at offcurve.com, which is also where you can find the specialist meta dash- dashboard. I am currently working on matchup results and I am very excited with the way that that work is turning out. So look forward to that. Um, you can follow the show's account at on Twitter at Off Curve. You can follow me on Twitter at Wicked Good. Um, you can join us to discuss in Discord and tell me why I'm wrong at discord.offcurve.com. You can uh, follow my Twitch at twitch.offcurve.com. You can leave an iTunes review. I haven't gotten any recently, but those always warm the cockles of my heart. And uh, you can also support the show, um, you know, monetarily if you so choose. And there's a link in the show notes for that as well. So. Um, anyway, hope that the nerf meta goes well for you. Uh, hope that this is, uh, you know, that, that you get to rediscover the game and play some of the decks you were hoping to play. And I hope that it's, you know, that you're able to get to whatever goals you're looking at. And until next time, um, have a, until next time, be good to each other. We'll talk soon. Have a good one.